Hi, this is Morgan from the LGBTQ Rural Resource Center serving Tuolumne and Calaveras counties. I would like to personally invite all of you rainbow listeners who are out in the mountains to visit us at lgbtqrural.org. There you could learn about programs, advocacy, education, resources, and upcoming events. We are also excited to announce that we will soon have a physical location. We look forward to sharing our safe space with you. LGBTQRural.org. Over 2.5 million acres burned in California in 2021. But the future of wildfire protection is clear. Let Fireback help protect your home and property with its award-winning, non-toxic, United States Forest Service approved technology. Fireback is your home hardening experts against wildfire, and they can help protect your home by spraying a clear fire retardant around critical areas of your property. And it lasts all summer long. Fireback can replace your eaves, foundation, gable and vents with an ember-proof venting system. Fire danger is a real threat for home and business owners in California. And Fireback Wildfire Defense Services can protect your outside umbrellas, patio furniture, wood decks, and wood siding from rogue embers escaped from nearby fires. Schedule a consultation by calling 209-288-2376 or go to firebackca.com. That's firebackca.com. There you can sign up for a free estimate and home evaluation. If there's a chance of taking fire, your best defense is to fire back. Proudly serving Tuolumne County and surrounding areas. Go ahead and follow Fireback on Facebook and Instagram. Carthage, Missouri is America's maple leaf city and the site of the first official engagement of the American Civil War, which took place on July 5, 1861. Thirteen years earlier, Myra Maybell Shirley was born there on February 5, 1848. In an attempt to raise her to be a lady, the Shirleys sent their daughter to be educated at the Catheridge Female Academy. Bell was intelligent, but she was also hot-tempered, and if unchecked, her mouth can turn a mule skinner's face scarlet. As a result, she got into fights with girls and boys alike at the academy. She would carry this attitude throughout her whole life. Today's episode features the lives of mother-daughter outlaws, Belle Star, the Bandit Queen, and her daughter, Pearl. Season 3 features inspiring, gallant, even audacious stories of real 19th century women from the Wild West. These stories sometimes contain adult content, which may be disturbing to some listeners or secondhand listeners, so discretion is advised. I am Andrea Anderson, and this is Queens of the Minds, Season 3. the academy, Belle learned the piano and flourished in cultured studies. But her greatest influence growing up 
was her older brother, John Addison, who Belle called Bud. Bud and Belle spent countless afternoons outside in Missouri together. And Bud spent hundreds of hours teaching his younger sister how to ride a horse and how to shoot a gun. Their parents were Confederate sympathizers, known for the fine stock of horses they bred. The Shirleys also owned a tavern, often entertaining Quantrell's Raiders. Quantrell's Raiders was the notorious pro-Confederate rebel organization best known for its often brutal guerrilla tactics. You could call it a gang. The gang included the bandits known as the James Boys, made up of young Jesse James and his older brother Frank. The gang also included the younger brothers. Belle was 15 years old when she fell madly in love with Cole Younger during one of the visits from Quantrill's Raiders. The young couple married in a mock horseback ceremony with his whole gang as witness. But it was a whirlwind romance, and Cole Younger didn't stay interested, and he rode away to continue shooting up pioneer towns and robbing trains, leaving Belle full of heartache. So Belle went full outlaw, riding side saddle on her favorite mare, Venus, in a long black velvet riding habit, donning a pair of six shooters strapped to her waist and one of those new Stetson hats, adorned with an ostrich plume resting on her head of curls. It's here in the story when we learn about Belle's true nature. When, not long after Younger's departure, Belle chose to force Cole Younger's cousin, Bruce, into marrying her, under the threat of her expert markmanship. Maybe to make Cole jealous. Maybe to get that much closer. Perhaps just a step towards getting her own way. It didn't work out for her this time. Bruce, terrified, ran off a few hours later, never to be seen again. Visit Columbia Mercantile 1855 for that good old hometown shopping experience. The Columbia Mercantile 1855 is an 1850s inspired full service market and grocer, offering quality staples and specialties, including local meats and poultry and local produce. You never know what treasures you'll find. From fresh, baked San Francisco sourdough to bottles of sarsaparilla. They have beer and wine, pharmaceutical needs, local art, and even offerings for musicians. Find artisan cheeses, honeys, cookies, olive oils, and specialty snacks. And if you are looking for choices for healthier lifestyles, Teresa also carries organic, gluten-free, and vegan options. It's a fabulous store with wonderful products and a caring shop owner. EBT accepted. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at 11245 Jackson Street in Columbia State Historic Park. 
Her next attempt still kept her close to Cole Younger. When she seduced and married Jim Reed, another outlaw from Quantrill's band in 1866. They settled near Dallas, Texas. And she lived a rowdy life in Dallas, playing poker in saloons, playing the piano, and singing at the dance halls. She was an accomplished horsewoman with her own stable filled with horses that her husband had stolen. Belle regularly consorted with criminals. She was arrested several times. She continued to hang out with Jesse James and the like, and she outdrank everyone. The like included Cole Younger. Belle had hoped that eventually Cole would come to the house to visit Jim Reed, and that he did, and maybe visit Belle too. Actually, he became a frequent visitor to the Reed household. Cole Younger was back in her life. Belle was 20 years old when she and Jim Reed had a daughter, Rose Lee. There was speculation that Cole Younger was the child's father, but Younger denied paternity, and Belle neither confirmed nor denied it. And after the accusation, Cole disappeared from Belle's life forever. There are two different stories regarding what happened next, but both end in Jim Reed fleeing the area to move to California. Belle went back and forth between California and Texas, but Reed kept moving the family, fleeing from the law, and Belle returned to her parents' farm and left the marriage. Reed was soon shot down August 6, 1874 by either one of his own men or a deputy in Paris, Texas. Belle wasn't one to mourn too long, and six years later, she met a Cherokee man named Sam Starr of the Star Gang. He was an infamous killer and a horse thief. Some say he strung his victims' dried earlobes on a cord and wore it around his neck. He was just her type. They were married. Sam and Belle Starr lived on Oklahoma Indian Territory on the Canadian River, harboring criminals like Frank and Jesse James at their homestead, which she renamed Younger's Bend. Younger's Bend. I love the audacity of this woman. The stars ran an operation stealing horses and were eventually arrested. Belle and Sam were taken before the famous hanging judge Isaac Park and each sentenced to 12 months in jail. Tucked away in Truckee in the Sierra Nevada mountains, lies a gold mine, and I'm talking about Valhalla Vintage. Valhalla Vintage is a unique vintage shop offering quality goods. Goods that were made in the USA. Goods that were made to last. They are open Fridays and Saturdays from 10 to 4. Let their knowledgeable staff show you how to wear these classic pieces every day of the week. If you're on your way to Tahoe and Reno, be sure to stop in Truckee and check out Valhalla Vintage. Follow on Instagram at Valhalla Vintage Company or find them online at ValhallaVintageCo.com. That's V A L 
H-A-L-L-A VintageCO.com. Valhalla Vintage is female-owned. Let the shop owner Emily be your new vintage guru. While you are visiting the heart of the motherlode, make sure to make an appointment at Juniper Moon Tattoo and take home a souvenir that will last you forever. Like a custom tattoo, permanent lip blush, or fresh microbladed brow. Juniper Moon Tattoo is a female-owned professional tattoo shop located in downtown Twainheart. It's inclusive, licensed, friendly, and resting in our beautiful mountains. This shop is super clean with tons to look at. It is a welcoming and relaxing feel, and you will have such a great experience, you just might not want to leave. Juniper Moon Tattoo specializes in custom tattooing and premium permanent makeup services. Make an appointment with the shop owner, Brooke, or one of the talented artists that are creating magic at Juniper Moon by visiting junipermoontattoo.com or calling the shop at 209-432-8945. Located at 22997 Joaquin Gully Road, Sweet G in Twainheart, California. In jail, Belle's softer side came out. She dove deep enough to write a book, and she taught music and basic French to the warden's children. She was released after six months on account of her effort. When Sam got out, the stars returned to Younger's Bend. As if she was not considered a criminal before to her neighborhood, boy was she now. Belle was a felon with notoriety. Upon her return home, she said, I am a friend to any brave and gallant outlaw. Belle was arrested two more times, but both went without conviction. Her husband Sam's banditry came to an end in 1886 when he found himself in a shootout with his lawman cousin, Frank West. In conclusion, they both fell dead. It was about this time that Belle's daughter, Rose, who she had now begun calling Pearl, now 18, confessed to her mother that she was pregnant. Growing up, Pearl was subject to the upheaval caused by her parents' lives of crime and moving around the country, and it showed. Belle quit her life running a shelter for criminals and became preoccupied with persuading her daughter to give her baby up for adoption. She wanted a better life for her daughter, Pearl. And in her opinion, Pearl would have a better life without being such a young mom. She was eventually sent to her relatives to have the baby. And while she was away, Belle forged her daughter's signature on the adoption papers. While Pearl was gone, Belle moved a much younger Creek Indian man named Bill July onto Younger's Bend. 
This marriage allowed her to keep her home on the Indian land. She began calling Bill July, Bill July Star. That's right, Bell forced July to change his last name to Star. <laughs> Are we surprised? When Bill July Star was arrested for horse theft, Bell did not even defend him. She really treated him terribly. Just before Pearl returned home from her relatives to have and give up her baby, her brother, Bell's son, Eddie, was found in possession of stolen property and shot in the process. Eddie would be okay, but he would have to face the charges and serve the time upon healing. Pearl moved back to Younger's Bend and cared for her brother. She only moved back to Younger's Bend to care for her brother. She was not happy with her mom. With the intention to earn bail money for Eddie, she began working at a body house in Arkansas. And when he found out that his sister was a sex worker, Eddie wrote Pearl off. What was it like for the women in California during the 1850s? What hardships did they face? And what victories were they able to realize? Who were the first women who came to California and who was already here? Explore the lives of brilliant people who made their own way in a time where women were not welcome to do so. Hear the stories that contributed to the shaping of the future of California and the United States in the paperback Queens of the Minds, available on Amazon. You can also support Queens of the Minds on Patreon. In 1889, over all the wild years, Belle had cultivated some enemies. By now, this included her son, Eddie, and her daughter, Pearl. But when Belle Starr was shot to death on February 3, 1889, two days shy of her 41st birthday, it was her farmland tenant who was the primary suspect. On a muddy road near Fort Smith, Arkansas, Belle was riding her horse, Venus, on her way home. The shot must have knocked her from her horse. Then the killer had to have stood over her and shot her in the face and shoulder. Pearl was coming down the road and found her mother moments before she died. Belle whispered something into the ear of her daughter, something Pearl would take to her own grave. The tenant was Edgar Watson, a fugitive wanted for murder. He had become angry with Belle after she kicked him out upon learning of his murderous past. No one was ever convicted for the murder of Belle Starr. Pearl married again and had a son. And after already enduring disappointment, disaster, and regrets, both her new husband and infant son died within that year. She was ready for a new life, a restart, a redo. Pearl decided to move to Van Buren, Arkansas, where she would make her own destiny. Well, with her mother's help, because she decided to cash in on her mother's notoriety and called herself 
Pearl Star upon arrival. She worked there in a bordello until she secured enough capital to establish her own business. Pearl moved across the river to Fort Smith, Arkansas, and opened up a spot on Fort Smith's waterfront street of gambling halls, saloons, and bordellos known as The Row. The house was easily found by the upstairs front window, a cut red glass star surrounded by pearls. Inside the parlor, a talented piano man tickled the keys and guests sipped good whiskey among her gorgeous young women. For over 15 years, Pearl Star ran that booming bordello on the row in Fort Smith, Arkansas. She eventually had a brothel empire with additional locations and investments in many other properties. And she almost went that whole time without being arrested. Almost. There was just one occurrence after a burglary at a general merchandise store in Fort Smith when the police found several of the stolen items hidden in Pearl's home. She was found guilty of robbery and sentenced to a year in the Arkansas State Penitentiary. But she was able to post the $2,000 bail and her attorneys appealed the case. The Arkansas Supreme Court overturned the verdict. In 1916, the town passed ordinances making prostitution illegal. Many of the business leaders in Fort Smith were clients of Pearl's, so she managed to stay out of trouble for a while, just like our friend from season one, Belle Quora. In time, Pearl was arrested, fined $50, and sentenced to 10 days in jail, released only under the condition that she leaves the city, and she would be rearrested upon her return. It was time to go. Pearl had heard of Brewery Gulch in the mining town of Bisbee, Arizona. Brewery Gulch was home to 40-plus saloons and brothels, and it was said to attract some of the most beautiful and rowdy women in the territory. Well, of course, Pearl was going to be one of them. She headed there along with her pregnant daughter, Jeanette. Jeanette's baby was also to be given up for adoption, just as Pearl's mother made her do. Like before, for Pearl, a new town meant a new name. And this time, when she arrived in Bisbee, she hid her identity as Pearl Star and called herself Rosa Reed. Rosa Reed invested some of her hard-earned money in a copper mine in Bisbee and opened up a boarding house slash bordello in Upper Brewery Gulch, which she ran for two years until the police arrested her for running a disorderly house in 1918. Rosa Reed was fined $50 plus court cost and was back in jail three years later for possession of liquor at the boarding house. She was held in jail for some time but was again able to put up a $200 bond for her appearance. Her attorney demanded a jury trial and on October 27, 1921, they were unable to agree on a verdict and were discharged by Judge Hogan. Rosa Reed seemed to have friends everywhere. With anticipation, she contacted the orphanage that had taken in her first daughter in hopes to find her. 
they found her. She found out her daughter had been named Flossie. Flossie was told about her mother, and within a few months, they finally met as two adult women, a mother and daughter, meeting in Bisbee, Arizona. Within a year, Rosa and Jeanette moved in with Pearl's other daughter, Ruth, in the border town of Douglas, Arizona. Douglas had been established as a smelter site for Bisbee's copper mines. There in Douglas, she was hired to manage the Savoy Rooming House on G Avenue. Less than a year later, Rosa Reed was admitted to the hospital in Douglas. With no one around who even knew who she was, Pearl Star slash Rosa Reed died from a cardiovascular disease on July 6, 1925. Pearl Star's daughter decided not to engrave their mother's tombstone with her tarnished name. Instead, the headstone read Rose Pearl Reed. Her mother, the bandit queen, Belle Star, was laid to rest in her own front yard. Pearl had her tombstone engraved with a star and Venus, her favorite horse. The tombstone read, Shed not for the bitter tear, nor give the heart to vain regret. Tis but a casket that lies here, the gem that filled it sparkles yet. She was wearing her infamous black velvet riding habit and gold earrings, clasping to the pearl-handled six-gun that was given to her by a Mr. Cole Younger. Now this all leads me to wonder, who is your Cole Younger? Queens of the Minds was created and produced by me, Andrea Anderson. You can support Queens of the Minds on Patreon or purchasing the book, Queens of the Minds. Paperback, hardback, and Kindle versions are available on Amazon. This season's theme song is by This Lonesome Paradise. You can find their music anywhere, but you should support the band by buying their music and merch at thislonesomeparadise.bandcamp.com.